I'm glad you're uh, able to join us this morning um, with our continuing series that we've been doing on how God sees us, how he wants us to see ourselves and what that means about how we live our lives. Uh, Rob did a wonderful sermon last week about the passages that just precede this one that we're looking at today and he asked us to imagine to begin with what we would feel like if the doctor has told us that we've only got a few days to live. What would we say to the people who mean most to us? And that's exactly what the situation Jesus is in here because he knows he's only got a few days to live and this passage I'm so excited to share with you is the last public thing that Jesus says and so it's really important. You know? and, um, and so he's really excited about it and so are they because they're wanting to know about what he's going to, to talk about. And this is more exciting than you know, the next movie premiere that you're looking forward to or the next phone announcement by Apple. This is something that will really change everyone's lives. All right? Now, to get you into the um, mood of this thing, I need you to use your imagination. Okay? So you need to be part of, of, you know, sort of like thinking about two imagination exercises. The first one, oh, actually, just before we begin, I just want everyone to indicate how you're feeling. Good, not, you know, sort of okay, not so good. Okay? Everyone, just indicate how you're feeling. Okay? Excellent. Okay? Mostly good, you know, sort of like, uh, yep. Great. Now, who's ever been an audience member in a TV show? Okay, some of you guys, okay. Who's ever been on a game show, TV game show? No? Okay. Oh, one. Hey, excellent. Awesome. Alright. Now, what I'm going to do is like, I'm going to get you guys to imagine you're on the set of a, you know, TV game show. Alright. And, um, and so, not only are you on the set, but you guys have, you know, signed up for it. Uh, you, you've given up a whole day because uh, of work to be at the tape, um, the filming of this. And it's not just that you're going to actually be in the audience. You're actually going to be part of the game show itself. And so you've, they've got you to sign a few disclaimers, you know, the usual sort of things, you know, that you fill in when, you know, you click OK when you uh, sign up for a social service internet. Who's, who, who, who reads through those things fully? <laughs> okay, no one does. Okay, fair enough. Doesn't matter. All right, but like Oprah, you know, it's okay because you're all going to be winners of, you know, in this, in this game show, okay? Um, and so, because, I mean, you guys are special. You have taken the time to be here. So, Imagination exercise number one. I'm going to be the host of the game show. Alright, so, alright, welcome, oh, we're going to say, welcome everybody to Change of Fortune. This is the show that guarantees your life will be changed significantly as a result of being part of this game. Alright, so some of you are going to walk away with, well, let me just get you thinking about how much you own right now. And then multiply that by two. Multiply that by three times. Multiply that even by 70 times. You will have great things never ending from here on. Alright? Everyone excited about this? Good, good, good. Now, excellent, excellent. Alright, now, by the way, everyone has... Everyone's got a card? Everyone's got a card? No? Who's missed out on getting a card? 
Alright, if you missed out on getting a card, quick put your hand up, my lovely assistant will make sure you get one. Alright. Alright, don't show anyone what your card is yet, okay? Alright, don't wave them about. Alright, so, you guys are special for being here today, alright? Unlike all those others who've missed out on being part of this show. Alright, awesome. Now, imagination exercise number two. I want you to imagine that you're living as a Jew in Jesus' time. Okay? Anyone of Jewish heritage here? No? Okay. Oh, well, well some of you know what that's kind of like, but um, for, for now, for the moment, I want you to, to think about the fact that the Bible as we know it at this point, at, at Jesus' time, is what we later call the Old Testament. All right? So, two-thirds of the Bible, and it's all about you. Right? It's about you know, not just a dusty old book that sits on the shelf, but it's something that you breathe in every day. It is, you know, your Foxtel. It's all the channels on your TV or YouTube or whatever video, you know, site that you subscribe to. This stuff you know because you hear it all the time. You read it every day. Everyone talks about these stories, all right? And so these things speak to you like... A Star Wars fan, you can quote all the lines in this book, right? Because it's about you. Um, now, for the Jews, for you guys, the Bible is the story of God's hope for you. Right? It's about your destiny. It's about where you've come from, um, and and that's why, like, the, this this passage comes from the book of Matthew. Matthew was a Jew and he was writing to Jews. And that's why it contains all these references that no other book written about Jesus' life contains about. Right? And it even describes that Jesus is the fulfilment of all the laws and the prophets. You know? And now, at this time, we have to be a bit honest. Life is a bit crappy, right? Um, because you're living under a government you didn't choose and you're not free to do all the things that you wanted to do. But the Jews, you guys, you used to be the superpower. You used to be the ones on top who set the rules. Right? After all, you know, we started off by having the most powerful superpower, you know, super supreme being behind us. Right? Supplying us with everything. And life was fantastic at that point. And we had access to all those things. We had the kingdom, we had the world as it was. And you, the Jews, you are God's chosen people. I mean, you know, from the very beginning, from, you know, particularly when we start talking about from Abraham to Moses to Jacob to David and to you guys. You know, so you are special. You are great. And the only thing we need to stay on the good side of God was to live clean and nice lives. You know, just not do the wrong thing. You know, like wedding dresses, we just need to keep things clean and, and okay for the big day. Right? And so, the, the, you know, as they say, cleanliness is next to godliness. And the Torah, the, the Old Testament, the 613 laws that you guys have all memorised were all about keeping you clean, not getting dirty not getting into the wrong situations where you'd be bad. 
And if you kept clean, well, you stayed away from certain people, you stayed away from certain things because, well, you know, if you're clean and you mix with dirty stuff, well, you're going to get dirty, aren't you? Yeah. And so that's how we saw things, you know. And, but, you know, some, somewhere in our, in our past, some people mucked up. You know, it's kind of like at school. Someone mucks up and your whole class is sustained for detention. And that's what happened to the Jewish people, the Jewish nation. And that's why we were all waiting because we knew soon the time was going to come when we will be back again, that we will be on top, right? that we're going to rule the school again and every Jew knew that that time was coming up because we are the chosen people. We were looking forward to when the Lord would return and comes in his, all his glory. All right? And you guys are going to be instant celebrities. Like Everyone's going to be, want to be you guys Everyone's going to be jealous. In fact, all those people that they've been mean to you, well, they're, they're, going, to, they're going to go down, you know. And, uh, and you're going to be there and watch, to watch it, you know, and, and get enjoyment out of that. So, it's very, very exciting time for the Jews because they knew, particularly when Jesus started saying, and when the Son of Man comes in all glory with his angels with him, And he sits on his throne in heavenly glory and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people like a shepherd separates sheep from the goats and the sheep will be on the right and the goats will be on the left. So they, the Jews, were looking forward to that time. All right. Back to the game show. All right. Uh, now, um, you guys can uh, work in pairs, but, you know, we'll n- don't call any answers out. We'll, we'll give you ask five questions, all right, and we'll get you to, to uh, come up with the answers, all right. Um, and the first one, you know, obviously, you know, will get chosen. All right. So, number one, they're all naming questions, all right. So, think about each of them. I'll go through each question and then we'll see who stands up Who's, who thinks they've got them all, all five. All right, number one, what's the name of the snowman from Frozen? Number two, name a non-red-nosed reindeer of Santa. Number three, name two Prime Ministers of, of uh, Australia. You can talk to somebody. Number four, name a comic book hero that doesn't have a superpower. Number five, the last book of the Bible. Okay. Oh, Rob. Oh, sorry. Oh, I went back. Okay. Uh, Rob goes. Rob went. Hey, well done. Good stuff. Rob, stay standing. Okay, Rob, now show us your card. Oh, okay. All right, he's got the Joker card. All right, so anyone else got a black coloured card? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Okay, well done. All you guys have been chosen as well. All right. Rob, how are you feeling at the moment? Okay, good stuff. <laughs> Love the excitement in that answer. Okay, all right. You who have been chosen, all right, give us indication how you're feeling. Okay, excellent. Good stuff. Now, So, uh, oh yeah, sorry, I've both cards up there, that sort of thing. Now, 
I haven't actually told you what you've been chosen for. You guys have been chosen to be robbed. Right? Because, not just robbed, robbed by Rob, <laughs> but robbed as in all your assets taken away. Right? Because you signed some disclaimers at the start that, you know, we could do anything to you in, in order to do this. And, but don't worry, it's going to a good cause. Your, all the money, that, all your assets will be given to everybody else who hasn't got those black cards. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So we come back to, to this whole idea of, of the Jews, how they were feeling at this time. They, when they heard Jesus starting talking about when the Son of Man comes in all his glory and his angels with him. They were getting excited. This was the change of fortune they were waiting for, that Jesus was talking about when life would change forever. So they were really excited because they were waiting for Jesus to say, hey, all of you guys, you're my sheep. Because... God has been described as the shepherd throughout the Old Testament. And when he starts talking about sheep, like sheep and the goats, they knew the sheep were the good ones. They didn't want to be a goat. So they were waiting to hear God saying, sheep, you guys. And so when Jesus says, come, you who are blessed by my Father, Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. They were feeling pretty good. They were feeling like they got all the answers right. They felt like this was their time. Then Jesus, however, starts talking about for when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me in. When I needed clothes, you clothed me. When I was sick, you comforted me. You took care of me. When I was in prison, you came and visited me. And they were shocked. The people that were on the right, they said, Lord, when were we ever hungry and needing food, thirsty and needing drink? a stranger and you didn't welcome me in. Clothes and, you know, needing clothes or being sick or in prison. And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whenever you did this for the least of my brothers or sisters, you did this for me. This was a slap in the face of these guys, these Jews. Because the Jews, that's their heritage. They've been doing all the right things. They've, been, they've come from the right family stock. They're the ones who faithfully turned up on time and to places and things. And Jesus was throwing out those categories. and ah, None of that. It's not about those things. And in fact, you know, he wasn't rewarding them for, for being clean people. He was saying, you're going to be punished. And this is the first time in the whole of the Bible up to this point that eternal punishment, punishment without end, is ever mentioned. 
Sure, there's like over a hundred references to punishment before that time, but most of those were against God's people's enemies. Not against God's people. Not against who you thought you were at that stage. And Jesus has been laying the groundwork for this in the chapters preceding. He's been giving all these stories. We heard a story about a wedding banquet. We heard a story about, you know, sort of like the faithful servant and those that weren't. And they're all leading up to the fact that it wasn't going to be based on whatever you thought of yourself in the past before. It was about how you resembled and were about what God was about. So the Jews were shocked because their places that they thought had been reserved, their tickets that they had already felt were already you know, organised, weren't there. They were cancelled. So, instead, the people chosen were the least. The least of the brothers and those that cared for them. That was who God was choosing. That was how God was deciding. Now, Does anyone notice anything about that's in common with all these acts? They're not particularly spiritual, are they? Yeah. Now, Raph, who's not here, when he was here, you know, he gave the sermon. He talked about the importance of doing word searches, you know, when you're looking at, you know, passages in the Bible. And as I said, because you guys are great Jews, you've memorized your Old Testament. And so, like any movie fan who can just quote, you know, lines off the top of your head, alright, people, whenever they heard these things, they were reminded of passages like in Psalms, you know, or two chronicles where these things like the hungry and the thirsty and the prisoners and the weak and all those things that there, they were things that Jesus wasn't talking about new acts. He was talking about things that were already embedded in the stories of your past. And they weren't about staying clean and nice and away from the dangers of the world. He wasn't giving us a new list and he wasn't giving a new a checklist to make you guys work harder. It wasn't about those things. And the shock of these acts themselves, well, I mean, the shock isn't the acts themselves because there's a sense that, the, that both of them were surprised. Both the righteous were, Lord, when did we ever see you do the, you know, in that situation? And as well as the others, they were also shocked. When did we ever... There's a sense that they also were doing these acts. So what's the difference? What's going on here? Jesus wasn't focused necessarily on these acts, but the motives in which they were being done and to who they were being done to. 
Previously in Matthew chapter 5, he'd already talked about that, you know, people doing good things for their mates, for the people that were close to them, for the people that were familiar to them. And he said that, that's... Even tax collectors do that. Even the bottom of the level scum do that. But here, Jesus is saying, who resembles what God's heart's about? Who are you caring about? Who are you thinking about? Because after all, didn't God come down to us, the least of all? So, who are the least for you. Who are the people you don't even think about? Because the opposite of love isn't hate, it's apathy. It's just not caring. So who are those? Is it, is it the, the loud one, the annoying one at, at work or at school, or the quiet ones? It's, you know, who are the people that you pass on in the street that you just, you know, just don't even think about? You know, whether they're looking angry or they're too gay or, or you know, sort of like they, they wear head coverings, wear head coverings over their heads, um, you know, or, or, or the mother with too many kids or, or the someone who votes completely different than you do. You know, who are the least? Who are the ones? And it's not about what our church does as a collective. It's not about just giving money so someone else does this job for you. Um, Because another relevant passage that would come to mind when we're thinking about these same acts is one in Ezekiel. And in Ezekiel 18, it's talking about a righteous person and the acts that they do. But then it goes on to say about the kids of that righteous person, if they're not good. And then the kids of the parents that aren't any good. And it's all, this passage is about the personal responsibility of each person for the acts they do. And in here as well is the caveat that God does not want anyone to perish. And so everyone has the opportunity to have a new spirit and a new heart. No more imagination games for today. I want you to be you right now. Because the thing is, loving one another, as we talked about beforehand, right? It's not just about the acts we do. It's really about how much we think of the other. It's how much we keep thinking of the other. And it's not just about reacting when the partner says, hey, time to love me. It's about constantly creating new opportunities. 
It's about thinking continuously about how can I love this the other? And not because the other person's keeping score, but because life is just better for both of you when you're both loving each other and caring out for each other. You know. And the more you do this, the more of a habit it just becomes for you. And practice makes automatic. The more you practice something, the more it just happens without you even thinking about it. And so this passage and and these things that we could be talking about here is about just cultivating, encouraging, growing these passages, these habits, sorry, about who are the least? Who matters to God? And I liked how Rob said last week about the fact it's about opportunities, about thinking about the opportunities. We all have opportunities. But it's also important for those opportunities and and those people that we're trying to, to make a difference to, to make them personal. To not just say, God, let's pray for those who don't know the God yet, you know. But it's about maybe thinking about who you've bumped into at the supermarket or who you know at work or, or school or wherever, that you can be specifically praying for. You know, and it's important for these stories to always be fresh, to not talk about just what happened ages ago but how you're continually doing this and asking your kids who they think is most important to you might be a great, great way of getting a checklist on how you're going with that or your partner or your friends. Now, my wife would like me to leave you with a nice, comfortable, you know, so feeling nice, comfortable and assured. Um, she, she, you know, she thinks it's really important that I, I talk about grace of God every time any message is spoken by Jesus. But I think I'd be doing a disservice to the impact of this story that Jesus leaves if I made you too comfortable because his parables were often very uncomfortable and thought-provoking because what they do is that just as Jesus' audience who were listening to him, they thought they were already in because they were with him. They thought by being around him, they would be automatically favoured by him. But this last public address, he slaps them and he says, no, you might be having the fate of eternal punishment. So go away and think about that. Maybe go away and do something about that. Now, obviously, if anything, you know, sort of is raised by this, um, that you 
feel you need to talk to, pray about or ask more questions about, please feel free to talk to me, David, anybody else that you know. Hopefully just keep talking about this because this, as I said, was what Jesus' last message was. Let us pray. God, we know you want people to resemble you, that care and act about the same things you are passionate about. And particularly those who've gotten in such a habit of it that they don't even realise it, that they're doing these things. And so that when you come again, may we be among the people who are shocked that we're chosen for things we didn't even think about. Lord, thank you, you don't want any to perish. Amen.